0: well i'm gonna walk walk, walk them golden, golden stairs all i know my jesus answers all of my prayers well i know when he calls me to my home on high i'll walk them golden stairs when i die when i die oh lord you know i can hardly wait to reach that sweet by by fine but now I see the burning gates, i walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die, well, I'm going to walk, walk them golden stairs, because I know my Jesus answers all of my prayers, well, I know when he calls me to my home on high, i walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die, when Jesus says, To me, well done And all my cares Are laid by, 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 by I'll lay down My sword, my battles Are won, I'll walk Them golden stairs when I die When I die, well I'm gonna walk Walk them golden stairs Cause I know my Jesus answers all Of my prayers, well I know when he calls me To my home on high I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. When Jesus says to me, well done, and all my cares are laid by, 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 I'll lay down my sword, my battles are won. I'll walk them golden stairs when I die, when I die. Well, I'm gonna walk, walk them golden stairs, because I know my Jesus Answers all of my prayers, Will I know when he calls me to my home on high, I'll walk them golden stairs, walk them golden stairs, walk them golden stairs when I die.
1: don't know about tomorrow
2: I just live
3: Don't see But I know about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I know
1: me
4: I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand, so let your kingdom come, let it live in me, this is my prayer, this is my plea, Father I see that you are calling, lying in the sand, I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. Let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer,
2: this is my plea. Let the worshipers arise, let the sons and daughters sing. I surrender in my all, I
4: surrender to the
2: King. Arise. Let the sons and the
5: daughters
2: sing. I surrender in my all. I surrender
4: to the King. Father, I hear it growing louder. The song of your redeem as the saints from every name. Our awakening to sing from our hearts there comes an anthem. Oh, we'll hear the heavens ring. This is a song, a song to our King. Let the worshippers arise.
2: Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender in my own. re
4: Father, I hear it growing louder, the song of your redeem. as the saints from every nation are awakening to sing, from our hearts there comes an anthem, oh, we'll hear the heavens ring, this is a song, a song to our King, let the worshippers arise. and your daughters
2: I surrender in my own I surrender to the king Let your words and words arise Let the sons and your daughters sing I surrender in my own I surrender to the king I surrender. Trying hard to serve you from From the the depths depths of my... to serve you. Still I'm trying hard to serve you from the depths of my heart. From the depths of my heart. try and
5: thoughts, Sister Cindy. Um, Tim did come to me, I don't know, a week or two ago and ask if um, he is always, for those anyone he's ever asked to do something, is always so hesitant. Like, you know, if you're not doing anything and you're not bothered and it's not interrupting you and if you don't have any other plans, uh, it's like, Tim, we're here to help you be the best pastor you can be. You know, if you need us to sweep the floor for you that day, that's what we're going to do. And uh, he has been doing some great messages, and God's really been blessed, hasn't he? But along with that, there comes a time that even he needs a break. I don't know if any of you have ever pastored or have had to do a message every week. You know, you're, maybe Friday nights, sometimes Saturday afternoon. Lord, what am I going to talk about tomorrow? But, uh, you know, you just need a little bit of a break, and we are pleased and, and hopefully that we'll do something that... Uh, It will at least uh, help someone in this congregation today. Because our theme is always this. If one person gets something out of it, that's all that matters. And I want to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel chapter 12. And I want to put your thumb over there in Hebrews chapter 12. Because we're going to take you to two places today. Uh, But Sister Heather sang that song from the depths of my heart, crying out unto you. Don't we sometimes feel that's the way that we're going on in this life? And it feels like that we're reaching out. It seems like situations, scenarios, or things just sometimes seem tough. We're dealt with sicknesses, and we're dealt with circumstances, we're dealt with difficulties, and it seems like, God, help us. Well, in the book of Ezekiel, there's a people that even had it a little bit worse off than maybe we do, perhaps. Ezekiel was preaching to a people that were getting ready to go into captivity. You know, they were getting ready to be taken over and held captive and be submissive to someone else who was going to be in charge, someone else who was going to be ruling over them. And I don't know about any of us. I don't know, Brother Ron, I, I know Debbie's the boss. But beyond Debbie, would you want someone else being ruling over? Probably not. Andy? Probably not. You know, you know they were being held down and being oppressed. I'm not going to ask Bobby. I know that situation. Nancy's got that taken care of. But i uh, <laughs> just kidding, brother. But, you know, no one would really enjoy that, would they? Well, These people were getting, they were getting ready to go into captivity because of disobedience, idolatry, and all the things that they had allowed to take over their life. And we're getting over into chapter number 12 and God begins to speak to Ezekiel in a way that I want to try to project that or, or, or hopefully get that out to us today. And I want us to begin to read in Ezekiel chapter 12. Hopefully you've had the opportunity to turn there. So says, The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, They have ears to hear, but they hear not. They are a rebellious house. Therefore, thou son of man, prepare these stuff for removing. (laughs) Then I want you to go down to verse number 5. I need you to dig through the walls in their sight and carry out this stuff thereby. Today what I'd like to talk to you about is preparing the baggage for removing. Getting the things out of your life that you don't need that's holding you back. See, they were getting ready to go into captivity, and there were things in their life that they needed to work out. There were things that they needed to get straight. I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Any of you got any baggage in your life? Any of you got some things that are holding you back? See, the things that they had in their life, he said, you need to prepare this stuff to get it out of here because you're getting to go ready to go into captivity, but this stuff needs to get out of your life. And when you're in captivity, God begins to... Talk to them about the inner court, the outer court, the worship, the praise. All the things that he would want them to get back to. But the first thing that they had to do is to begin to prepare the stuff for removing or getting rid of the baggage. Getting rid of the excess baggage in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but we've all heard that proverb. A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. One step. Now today, perhaps we're not going to get a thousand miles. That's fine. But we can start with one step. You may be sitting in this pew today, within a pew this morning, and saying, well, I I don't think anything, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Well, praise the Lord. That is great that you're doing well. And that is wonderful that everything's all right. But there might be someone else on the end of the row who isn't. So spend your time praying for them today. There might be someone in here today that has things in their life that they just can't get beyond and things they can't get through. Things that they just can't get fixed that's holding them back. So today what are we going to do? We're going to prepare the stuff for removing. We're going to get rid of some baggage in our life. And while we're beginning to go there, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. But before we get there, Brother Bill, would you ask God's blessing upon this message this morning? As we read back there in the book of Ezekiel, we've seen that one of the circumstances that existed in their life was a spirit of rebellion. And we all know when rebellion's going on, things just aren't going that good, are they? I don't know about any of you parents, perhaps. Maybe you've got little children or whatever. But they're being rebellious. There's not a lot of joy in the house, right? You know, you're fighting, you're fussing, you're getting at each other. You know, Or maybe the husband and the wife aren't getting along. I'd rather Tim, you did better than I did. You did a lot better than I did. Me and Bonnie was busy yesterday doing 111 things or whatever and going to and fro and about midnight last night as we was getting ready to go to bed. She goes, you know today was sweetest day. I said, yeah, I do. So I went in there and I made her a little card. It was about six minutes late. It didn't work. I was already in trouble. I was going to try to pull your stunt and go over to Kroger and get her a used one today, or a secondhand one or one later today and bring her back. I said, I got you the biggest one, half price off. But... Things sometimes aren't good when rebellion's going on. And that's what was happening in Ezekiel's land. And what was so bad about it is they had eyes to see what was going on, but weren't doing anything about it. They had ears to hear what was being said or to talk about town, but they weren't doing anything about it. They were just allowing these things to exist, and they were allowing these things to go on. And Ezekiel was told through the word of the Lord to tell these people to prepare the stuff to get out of their life. Prepare the stuff for removing. As a matter of fact, like I said in verse number 5, you might have to dig through some walls to find the stuff. You know what, today you might be sitting within this congregation and you might be saying, well, you know, everything is doing good. But perhaps not. Perhaps there's rebellion in the house. Maybe you're seeing what's going on in your life and you're not liking it this morning. Perhaps, I don't know. I agree a thousand percent what Brother Tim says. I'm not judging nor saying. This is the word of the Lord. I'm just bringing it out. I, I don't know what's going on in each individual circumstance, but you do know what's going on in your circumstance. They had ears to hear, but they weren't listening. Perhaps God has been speaking to you through some of the beautiful music that's been sung in this church these last few three, two, you know, weeks and months, or perhaps through some of the great messages that God's been giving Brother Tim. He's been speaking to you, and you've been hearing it, but you're not doing anything about it. Today you want to dig through. Dig through and get it taken care of. Because the only way that we can go on to have God's blessing is to deal with this stuff. Now what is this stuff? Well let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and we begin to see some stuff, a parallel passage that kind of goes right in line with this. We're all familiar with Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Wherefore we, are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and, and the sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow, the joy of the cross? Wow. You mean a circumstance that he was getting ready to go through, He viewed as joyous? You know what? Sometimes God's bringing you through something through something, in something and about something, just to bring out who you really are and who He really wants you to be. They had to deal with the stuff. And in Hebrews 12, the first stuff that we need to begin with it says, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, not some of the weight, not part of the weight. Not what we might want to deal with that day. Not what we might want to work with tomorrow. But it says every weight. And I'm not a super, 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 super smart guy. Tim, you say I talk fast. Now I'm trying to go faster and get my own tongue tied. Brother Bobby, what's every mean? Every. All of it. Complete. Not partial. And many times that's what happens in our life. We know there's baggage and we know there's stuff within our life. But we try to pick and choose what we want to let God have. But God says, no, I want all the stuff. I want to dig down like Ezekiel did, down into the walls of your heart, down into the depths of your life, down into where it is so deep that only you and I know what's down there. Lord, I'm trying to do my part from the depths of my heart. He says, I know you are, but let me get down a little further. And you know what it is. Lay aside every weight. What are these weights? I don't know. I couldn't go on to say You know, I've got one of those weight machines and you've got, you know, and they're a hard struggle sometimes to work on. Them things are heavy sometimes. But weights are things that slow us down, that hinder our uh, continuance, that stop us in our tracks, that burn us down, that make the process of getting through just a little bit more difficult than it's supposed to be. You know, God has not designed your life to be this tough. You're not supposed to be this difficult. It's not supposed to be this tough, guys. But you're carrying the weights. You're carrying things within your life. What are they? I, I don't know. You know, maybe you've got pressures and problems. I, I don't know. Maybe there's situations, scenarios, there's decrees, there's, del- there's all these things going on that are just, well, Brother DJ, are, you, you just don't know what I'm going through. But in Hebrews chapter 11, there's a whole bunch of people that went through some tough things too. And they are a cloud of witnesses saying, I made it through, you can make it through. You think Joseph wanted to be in the pit? You think he wanted to have his own brothers throw him in the pit? No. You think Abraham living pretty good, doing pretty well, and all of a sudden God comes to him and says, "Get thee out of thy country." And went, what? Things are doing pretty good right now. You think Abraham? You think Sarah, who wanted a child more than anything, and God had not yet opened that womb? Do you think you don't think it was tough for her? You don't think Noah in a wicked day, things were pretty bad in Noah's day, weren't they? Well, what did Noah do? He just kept building. He didn't stop, making fun of him, persecuting. Well, you know, all there crazy. No, I'm building the boat. Yeah, you're wacko. You don't think they went through situations? Perhaps the weights that you're carrying are, are past circumstances. I don't know. You know, sometimes God wants to forgive you, but you can't yet forgive yourself. You, you just don't know how bad I was. You, you just don't know all the... No, I don't, and it's really none of my business. The other day I heard a great guy say on the radio, he said many times Christians are saying, I hate the sin, but I love the sinner. Which is a good thing to say, is it not? But this devotional guy said, you know what? It's not even in your job to hate the sin because they didn't sin against you. The only sin you should hate is the sin within you. Let God deal with them. That's their circumstance in God. It's not even for you to worry about it. It's off guards. It's off limits. They didn't sin against you hate the sin within you. But sometimes we have that circumstance. I've known people that just can't go on or get on because of past things. God wants to forgive you and he whom the son sets free is what? I didn't hear that good enough. He who the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. not bound, not held captive. weights are things. this the word weight when you get back in the original Hebrew and the original Greek here is talking about a hindrance, an obstruction or a thwarting of your progress. Yesterday, we had to go down to Kentucky to my sister-in-law's surprise 40th birthday party. Well, we hit that river traffic. We don't drive downtown a lot. We don't have no cause to go down there much. Well, they're doing construction everywhere. You know, and the bridges were four, three, two, one lanes. And not only that, the Louisville and UC game got out right when we hit downtown Cincinnati. My progress was thwarted. And I was not happy about it. I hit the GPS, recalculate, recalculate, and it didn't work no matter what we do. Of course, I had three backseat drivers helping me the whole way, you know. You might want to try this one. One of you jumped. I can't swim across the river. My progress has been thwarted. We're late. Ain't nothing we can do about it. So we showed up, and she's already there, and I got out of the car. Surprise! (laughs) I was not the surprise. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating to be held up. But you know what, there's weights in your life, perhaps that are past circumstances that are doing the exact same thing to you. Paul tells us to run this race and finish this course, but you can't run because you're held back by past circumstances. You know what, God knows what you did, God knows who you are, God knows what you're about, but you're here today because he loves you and desires to give you a fresh new start. A fresh new start. Lay aside every weight. Perhaps it's it's present circumstances, but you don't know. The husband and I are fighting. I didn't, he didn't get me a sweetest day card, or or the, you know, or the kids. You don't know what my kids are doing right now. You don't know. No, I don't. But it's none of my business. But stop. Lay aside that weight. Perhaps it's future goals. Well, this is, wasn't how I had my life planned out to be. When I was in college or when I was in high school, I wanted to be this, or I was hoping to be that, or. I was projecting that my life would end up in this circumstance, and I'm not there, and I'm frustrated about it. Well, I thought I had it all figured out at 18 too, didn't you, Sue? 16, but the older I get, the, the the more I get on this journey, I realize I have no idea what's going on. Just hang in and hang on, hang in and hang on. Yeah, I thought maybe my life might do this. I, I thought circumstances might be this. Uh, but you know what, I ain't going to let those things stop me. It's like the old thing, you know, I have a desire to go on a wonderful trip. If I get a flat tire, I'm not going all the way back home and start from scratch. I'm going fix to that, fix that tire, start from there, and go on. That's what it's about, folks. The weights. Maybe there are things in the past. Maybe there's things today. Maybe it's what you thought you might be, what you hoped to be, what you figured it be. Guess what? Bondi and I sang today, a song today. I, many things I don't know. I don't know about tomorrow. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Are you God's child? Two of you are. Are you God's child? Yeah, you are. Does God love you? Yes, he does. Does he have? He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He desires nothing but you for your best. So lay aside these weights. Because what do they do? They easily beset you. They stop you, they thwart you, they hinder you, they make you stop dead in your tracks. And it's nothing more frustrating than being stopped dead in your tracks. Brother Tim, you hate traffic jams, don't you? I don't like them a whole lot either. And I realize you can hit avoid the circumstances on that GPS and it don't help any either. Bondi says, turn it off, it's no help. (laughs) She hates recalculating, recalculating. I think she's gonna recalculate it out the window one of these times. We were on a trip, and her mom and I said, do we have to listen to that lady tell us where to go all again today? And I said, what lady is she talking about? That lady on that thing. She didn't like it. It didn't get her where she... You know what? It's frustrating, and we're the same way within our lives. Lay aside every weight of sin that doth easily beset you. And that's the next thing we got to deal with. That might be some of the stuff. See, Ezekiel was challenged to deal with the stuff, and sometimes it's not easy dealing with it. You know, you're digging through, you're looking through, you, you, oh, I, I forgot that was there. Recently, I mean, some of you know, I'm changing jobs and I've been somewhere 32 years Well, I'm digging through files and old desk drawers, stuff. boy, I forgot all about that. Boy, I'm digging through things that are old and I forgot that was even there. Boy, that was fun. Oh, I didn't like that one, you know. It's the same way within our life. We're digging through the inventory of our life and sometimes we're finding things that we don't like. So the things that aren't too good, I'm just kind of pitching them. I'm keeping the good ones, keeping the good memories, because that's what it's about. But we're challenged to dig through, and you might be doing some digging right now. You you know what the weight is. But they go on to also talk about this, to, to lay them down, cast them off, throw them away, is what it tells you to do when it talks about laying them aside. It doesn't mean pick them back up. It doesn't mean carry them with you. When you come up here and ask the Lord to forgive your sins, the worst thing you can do is pick them back up and take them back out with you. They're here. They're his. He died on a cross for those things. But what is sin? You know, I struggle so much to say this this morning because I don't want to sound like a broken record because I know I've said this a few times, but Sister Sue mentioned something in Sunday school this morning, and I thought, well, maybe I should just mention it real quick and in brief. Because it tells us in Galatians 5-7, you did run well, but who hath hindered you? You know, we don't want to be hindered. And sometimes these weights are the things that hinder us, but sometimes it's just plain out sin. But we all get into that, well, what is sin? Is it because I did this or I did that? Or what are the circumstances exactly, Brother Tim or Brother Don or Brother Marshall or Brother Bill or Brother Bobby or anybody? Tell me exactly what sin is because I'm not 100% sure. Well, I've broken it down in my mind, three easy things. It's against God's design. If you've if you if you've gone against God's design. Sister Sue, you talked about a friend of yours today. God did not design your friend to be that way. He was made in God's holy image. And God designed him to be in his image. So look upon your life, what you're doing, and the circumstances that you are living in your life. Would you think that that would be characteristic of God himself? Who is a holy, righteous, thank you, Lord. Righteous God, if what you're doing within your life, the things that you're doing to yourself, the places that you're going, is this what you think God has designed you to be? Would He be there? Would He be doing that? Probably not. If so, praise the Lord. But if it's not against God's design that you're erring, perhaps it's against the domain of the Holy Spirit. Because we either sin against God's design or God's... The Holy Spirit lives within you. The precious Holy Spirit that wants to anoint you, that wants to bless you, that wants to encourage you, that wants to edify you? And why would we stick drugs in our arms if the Spirit of God lives within us? He cannot dwell, coexist with that. Why would we consume things down our mouth that the Spirit of God would want no part of? Why would we look at things with our eyes that the Spirit of God no way should take part of? He domains. He lives within us. And if what you're doing and the things you're participating in, if they're causing that spirit to be grieved, it's sin. It's sin. Oh, I ain't hurting nobody. Pastor Tim didn't see it. Pastor Tim doesn't know what I'm looking at on that internet. He he don't have to know because it's not his job. The spirit knows. And you know if you're, you know, Brother Bobby didn't catch me over there at the, the Hoochie Coochie Bar and Grill, you know, whatever. You know, That's all right. Don't matter if Brother Bobby caught you over there or not. It ain't Brother Bobby's job to catch you. But if the Spirit of God's caught you there and says you don't belong here, get out. Get out. This is not where you are supposed to be. My spirit does not belong there. That questionable movie that your eyes are partaking in. Would you show the Spirit? Here, God, I got a good movie for you and I to watch. Here, Spirit, let's sit down. Let's watch this. You would no way, shape, or form do that, would you? The Spirit lives within you. Why are you partaking of it? Against God's domain. Against God's design. And last but not least, your duty. You know what you're supposed to be doing. You know what God's called you to do. You know what He's called you to do. And if you're not doing it, to Him that note to do good and do it not, it is what? To Him that note to do good and do it not, it is what? And you know alone what God has told you to do. But the Spirit tells us here in Hebrews chapter 12, Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Get rid of the things. Dig through. Prepare that stuff to get out of your life. You don't need it. It's holding you back. It's slowing you down. It's thwarting your progress. You are not doing nor being what God has designed for you to be. And what are we to lay aside? The sin that does so easily, and you know what's so funny when you read that word? It's so easily, it's not even difficult for sin to stop you. It's not even a difficult circumstances. It is, Brother Bill. You know, you're wanting to do something for God. You're wanting to go on in your life, and, and the old devil comes along, and he says, bang. See, the devil wants to give you the third degree burn. We're talking about firemen today. You all know what the third degree burn is? Third degree burns are bad, right? Well, the devil's got a third-degree burn, too. He wants you to sin because he knows that sin separates you from God. Not only does he want you to sin, he wants you to spread your sin just like Adam and Eve did. You know, Eve had erred and she spread it on Adam. He wants you to spread your sin. And not only that, the third-degree burn, he wants you to die in your sin. So easily he besets you. You think you're doing well, you're going along okay, things are going great, and all of a sudden, bang, wham. How? Something comes up in your life. And you say, Man, I was doing so good. I was really growing in the Lord. I was really getting along. Then I allowed myself to participate in, <clears throat> or I allowed my emotions to go here, or I allowed my mouth to get me in trouble there. I don't know if any i you, me none of you but I, I allowed or i allowed that peer pressure to pull me back in or, or i allowed that circumstance that scenario that problem that dilemma i allowed all those things to affect me and they stopped me so cold dead, dead, cold in my tracks it's like being down there at the road trying to go to st mar for lunch and tim's got one of those trains stopped on spring grove again and i can't get to lunch Every time I try to go to lunch up in St. Bernard, he stops that train and has his lunch right on the tracks, laughing at me. I know they do it, they plan it. it, it Tim said he's got his own problems. This sin does so easily beset us. It just, you know what it is. Deal with the stuff, prepare the baggage for removing, get it out of your life. You don't need it. Stop doing, you know, this simple question. How's it working for you now? How's it doing now? Pretty good? Praise the Lord. If not, dig, dig, dig. Get the stuff out of your life. God's designed you to be a certain way. His spirit wants to live within you a certain way, and he wants to do a certain job with you and through you. But lay aside the things that doth easily beset you. What are the things I don't know? Kind of a blank box, but you know, or you know, or someone might know. I'm not particularly pointing out anyone because it's not my job, nor would I even presume to be able to say such as that. But you know the weights, you know the sin. So, what is the solution to this problem? I, I, I don't like to just to point out all the things and not give you an answer. Well, the solution of this problem is verse number two of hebrews looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god the solution is this is let us fight the fight the solution is let us press on or press towards the mark of the high calling of christ paul if anybody could have had reason to stop here I was, a Pharisee of the Pharisee, a Jew of the Jews of the tribe of Israel. I had no equals, and I thought I was doing everything that God desired for me to do. I stood by and held the cloth as they stoned Stephen. I thought I was doing pretty well. But then the Lord stopped me on the road and said, Paul, Paul, why is it thou persecutest me? What? I thought I was, no, you're not doing what I desire. This is what you should be doing. And Paul said, if any, I would have had my own right to boast, but I didn't. He said, What I do is I I glory only in the cross, and I press towards the calling of the high, press towards the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. And another passage in the Bible, I think it's chapter in the book of Acts, Paul's getting ready to go into Jerusalem for a trial. And he says, all the circumstances that he's going through, and he says, Yet, but none of these circumstances, or he says it this way none of these things move me. I'm unshaken. Yes, I know I'm going to prison. I know I'm going to trial I may lose my life but yet I've seen the glory of Christ himself I've seen God work in my life and I've seen what he can do I've seen what he's done I've seen that great cloud of witnesses and none of these things that are happening unto me they don't move me they don't shake me many times folks can't get on and go on because they're not yet 100 percent convinced that this is the answer let me tell you something there's a great cloud of witnesses here this morning that tells you this is the answer. Sister Myrtle, this is the answer, isn't it? Sister Sue, this is the solution, ain't it? Brother Larry, God isn't it the answer? Brother, We could all go through this whole congregation tonight and I could Sister Lou, is this it? I could go through this whole congregation. I could point here, I could point there, I could ask there, and they'd say, yep, I have found the Christ. And they've laid aside every weight. They're laying aside daily every sin which does easily beset us. And what we're doing is we're looking forward. We're doing what it tells us to do here, looking unto Jesus. We're running this race. How many of you have ever participated in any sporting events here? I know Larry's golfed and some of the guys that played softball and stuff. When you're in that game, Brother David, when you're coaching, don't you want your team, to when they hit that ball, to run the best they can? Give it all they got now some of us ain't got as much as we need to get but we got all we got we gave all we had and that's all the lord requires of you give all you got he's not requiring sister lou to be ron or ron to be andy or andy to be you know brother no you run your race you run your race and let us consider jesus let us consider the author and the finisher of our faith let us look unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith Hebrews 6.19 tells us that this Jesus is an anchor for your soul. He wants to hold you down and not let these sins and these weights and these things beset you. He doesn't want them to stop you. He wants them to hold you fast. We also see in Hebrews 8.1 it says we have a high priest that is set at the right hand of the heavenly father. Interceding for you and I. Let us lay aside. Let's read this verse again with these inflection upon it. Let us lay aside or cast off all, which means whatsoever, is burdening you or hindering you. And these offenses, which does so easily stop you in your tracks, let us proceed or go forward from this day considering Jesus. That's what Hebrews 12:1 means when you get down into the definitions of it. So whoever has the psalm prepared today. Paul does tell us in Acts 20, verse 24, though going through the greatest trial of his life, though going through the greatest circumstances of his life, he says, they might slay me, they might kill me, they might crucify me, they may do whatever they want to do, but yet none of these things move me because I am convinced that I have found the answer. My last words to you this morning as they come and as Brother Tim close, fulfill your life. Fulfill your life. God has designed you to be something special. You know, Larry, he, well, I can't use brother Larry. Let's go back a few roads. David, he knows every hair upon your head. Sorry, I, I went through three guys right there until I got to David. I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to be funny. I really wasn't. I said, he knows every hair upon, her. Well, not Larry, not David. He knows who you are, he knows exactly what you are. He's designed you to be something so precious in his sight. And what are you doing right here, right now? You're carrying weights that are just stopping you and slowing you down. Recently, we bought one of them exercise machines because I don't know, Bondi's been buying some bad clothes. They, she's getting the wrong sizes. They don't fit anymore. And um, we got one of those things, and that little extra weight, you know, that little weight that you're carrying around, it's it slows you down. Your knees begin to hurt, and this and this, and you know. And I always kid her. I said, I've had two children. I haven't lost the baby weight yet. I'm, I'm still working on it. But you know what? How you get rid of it? You just got to work it. You got to go, do them sit-ups and push-ups and pull-ups. All, all those ups that you hate. Every one of them. But I can't let it go on any longer. I got to lay aside those weights. And you got to do the same thing. I'm just using a silly example. But you know what? There's things that you're carrying in your life. That you're pulling around every day. You're waking up in the morning and that problem is still there. That situation is still there. That dilemma that you're going through, that difficulty, that scenario, you know what it is. And every morning that you wake up, you pick it up and you take it with you all day. And then you go home that night and you say, man, I'm tired. I'm beat. I'm worn down. Devil's just fighting me to and fro, up and down, back and forth all day long. You know what? I am tired of things being this way. Have you ever said that within your life? I I don't know. Lay aside that weight this morning. Drop it off right here. Cast off is what lay aside means. Throw off. Purge is what that verse means. How can you do that? By looking unto Jesus. He wants to author your life. He wants to guide your life. Captain your life. Direct your life. Show you the successful way to live your life. And not only do that, he wants to finish your course. Show you the way. I kid about those GPS's. I I actually like them. Sometimes you can put in an address hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. When we went on vacation this summer, I just put in Yellowstone just to see how long it would take to drive there. And I thought, boy, it doesn't seem like I could get there by following all these directions, but you know what? It's going to tell me to take this road, but I've never been on that road before. It's it's going to tell me to take this expressway, but I've never gone on that one before. Boy, I hope this is right. But you know what, you follow it in the course and it tells you to go on this road and this road and you take this little bypass and this and and those clocks begin to tick down and it tells you what your estimated time is and you know what, before you know it, you're there. And the worst thing I could have done in my whole life is not trust the guide nor trust the directions that were given unto me. I had a choice. Trust what it says or just kind of wing it. Same way within your life. The Lord has given you authorship and given you a book of how to live your whole life, how for your life to succeed. And you have to make a choice this morning. Are you going to trust that or are you just going to wing it? If you're winging it, how's it working for you? If it's not doing too good, lay aside, cast off everything that's slowing you down. Lastly, prepare the stuff. Prepare the baggage for removing.